0: We bring in a great friend, Robert O'Brien, former national security advisor in the Trump administration. He's now the chairman of American Global Strategies. And if the Republican wins in 2024, hopefully, uh, Robert O'Brien will be the next secretary of state. Okay, that's my forecast. Better than interest rates. O'Brien, secretary of state. Anyway, Robert... Welcome. It was good to see you last night, uh, two nights ago. It was good to see you, Lomarie. You guys both look great, so that was good. Thank you for the tweet. I appreciate it very much. And you got to help us now. Ukraine, Russia, I don't understand this. Russia's annexing the four regions of the Ukraine, but the Ukrainian counteroffensive is taking them back. (laughs) One way or another. So... And Putin is now saber-rattling, nuclear saber-rattling. Uh, can you give us an update? What is really going on over there?
1: Well, well, I, I will, Larry. But first, I want to congratulate you on receiving the Buckley Award on Thursday night. Uh, it was well-deserved. There's no one who's been more—since since Bill Buckley passed, unfortunately, uh, there's been no one who's supported free men and free markets uh, the way you have, and, and Judy's backed you up, and your 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 acceptance speech was just magic. So for, for the listeners, if you get a chance to go to National Review online and, and listen to Larry's speech, it was one of the great uh, mm-hmm. great speeches of all time. So, so <laughs> thank you, th- thank you, thank you for inviting us. It was an honor thank to be you. there, and congratulations on the big award. Look, what we've got going on in Russia right now, it uh, and, and Ukraine is is really interesting. The Ukrainians uh, have shown a fighting spirit and a boldness and a daring that we haven't seen. And you know, this is a war in which. Ukraine hasn't asked for U.S. troops. They've taken on the Russians themselves and they've, they've defeated them handily. Uh, and that, that defeat continues, and it's, it's going to become a very dangerous time as Putin realizes the extent of the, the damage to his forces in Ukraine. And, and there, there seems to be no end in sight to of the offensive that the Ukrainians are, are prosecuting right now, especially in the Northeast. Uh, they've just encircled today the town of uh, a village of uh, Lyman. It's still a little bit bigger than those, about 20,000 people pre war. And they're moving on. So I think the Russians are going to continue to have a hard time. I think America and the West have done a great job. And after having failed to deter Russia from invading Ukraine, which was a failure, we've partially made up for that by supplying the Ukrainians with the weapons and platforms they need to defeat the Russians. And so this is uh, – we're watching history in the making here.
0: Robert, what – I don't – I mean, how can, uh, uh, how can Putin annex – these areas, these provinces, where um, the Ukrainians are taking them back. That's the part I don't understand. And and the Red Army is is done so badly. Even the Navy is in retreat uh, down in the southern part. I mean, there's a chance that the Ukrainians could retake Crimea at some point. I don't understand Putin's game. What does he think he's doing? Who does he think he's kidding?
1: Well, he's not kidding his own people. You've seen hundreds of thousands of young people fleeing Russia, going to places like Kazakhstan and Georgia and Moldova—not uh, traditional uh, tourist spots—to <laughs> uh, avoid being conscripted and being sent into the meat grinder that's now become Ukraine uh, for the for the Russian army. So it's a—he's he, not fooling anyone. Uh, the Ukrainians certainly have shown what they think of his annexation by their their conduct, and I think the entire world is is opposed to it. Even China and Russia, which have been friendly to. Uh, excuse me, China and and India, which have been friendly to Russia uh, in the past, uh, are not uh, adopting or or recognizing annexation. So I I think Putin's in a a difficult spot. I mean, the one thing we want to be careful about is that he doesn't use nuclear weapons. And so that's where our old Ronald Reagan piece of strength comes into play. We've got to make sure he understands that that would be a red line. He's given a lot of red lines so far. It's time for us to give a red line. That's a a Russian nuclear attack in Ukraine or anywhere else in the West would be, you know, a devastating response and just to the Russian economy alone, much less what our military response might
0: be. Do you think, I mean, this nuclear saber-rattling, I mean, what do you make of that? I mean, the reason I ask it like this is because it just seems, uh, you know, the use of nuclear power it's so off the charts. It's so over the edge. It's almost unimaginable, and so the question is, what does he mean by that? And and then, what should our response be to this? And have we done enough in our response?
1: Well, I think I think him rattling the nuclear saber shows a level of desperation that uh, we haven't seen. I mean, he's he's the Russians have always talked about their nuclear arsenal because that's what makes them a great power. They they don't have a lot other than their nukes to, uh, to put them in the great power club. Uh, but, but you don't use nukes. And uh, I think if, if Russia used a nuclear weapon, uh, A, Putin's own people might not, his own generals might not follow his orders because that, that really is letting the genie out of the bottle mm-hmm. that no one wants to, to see happen. Mm-hmm. Number two, I think Russia would be in, entirely decoupled from the world. I think China and its allies in, in Asia, even countries that are friendly to, to Russia – would immediately disavow them. They'd be entirely decoupled from the world market. Uh, no one would buy their oil or their fuel. Mm. Uh, it, it, it would really be the end of, of Russia. So uh, I, I think Putin's got to think long and hard about it. And, and I'm not sure his, his own people would execute such an order. The other issue is, what's, it, what's he going to use the nukes on? I mean, is he going to just take out a, a, a major Ukrainian city to to demonstrate that he can kill the mass murderer? I mean, there's no tactical advantage to using a nuclear weapon in this type of warfare, so I think it's unlikely. But I think we also have to stand up to the bullying and let them know that that's, that's that sort of talk is unacceptable, and uh, and the, the entire world will, uh, will will condemn him. He'll be he'll be known in history as a war criminal, you know, in, in the same breath as uh, as Hitler and Stalin.
0: Mm. Have we has the United States and NATO um, made this adequately clear? What would happen if he if he used nuclear weapon?
1: No, and and look, part of the problem is is we we've been weak on our sanctions with Russia. We the, the sanctions sound strong, but they're really half measures. So I mean Russia's making money on this war because of the price of oil being so high. Putin's personally making money and and Russia's making money on the war, notwithstanding how bad it's going for them militarily. And so we you know, you you, you called for this, Larry, and uh, it a show that I was on with you uh, yeah. seven or eight months ago when you said we have to the, the way to stop the Russians is to to fully sanction the Russian Federation Central Bank and to stop them from doing any, any oil and gas transactions. And, to, and that, that would probably – if they knew that was coming, that would probably have deterred the invasion. But we didn't do that because everyone's afraid of provoking Putin. Uh, I think we've gotten better on that front, but we need to we need to be stronger and, and show – like the Russians respect strength, and, and that's what we need to show here. We need to let them know that if there was an escalation, it would be the it would literally be the end of the economy in Russia, and and we've got other other things up our sleeve to respond as well.
0: You mentioned China uh, before, also India, but um, it it, reports suggest China is backing away from Putin and the Ukraine uh, invasion. Now those two guys met; uh, she and Putin met what last week. What do you make of that? What came out of that?
1: Well, look, I think the Chinese have been very disappointed by what they've seen in Ukraine because China wants to do the same thing in Taiwan, and they've seen the world rally to Ukraine. Uh, They've watched Finland and Sweden join NATO. I think they're concerned that if they invaded Taiwan now that you might have a a similar response in the Indo-Pacific region where the Quad, uh, our our relationship that you were very involved in, Larry, on the economic front Mm. between India, Japan, Australia, and the U.S., to go from an economic uh, and diplomatic club to a, a military club something like a akin to a nato in the indo-pacific uh they've also seen the russians that she's watched how uh the, the lack of capacity of the russian army and uh you know up until now the russian army has been training the chinese they haven't you know, the chinese haven't been involved in a war for many years since vietnam in 1978 and i think they thought the russians were the gold standard when it came to uh military proficiency and they're now seeing wait a minute maybe all the things we learned from the Russians are not going to help us. Yeah. And so I think I think Xi's getting very nervous about what he's seen in Crimea and his unlimited partnership with Putin is starting to look a little more uh, yeah. shaking than it was before. And then keep in mind the last thing where he is and we've talked about this on your show as well, you know, Xi is is vowed to re, you know to reverse the century of humiliation where uh, foreign powers took Chinese land and territory or territory that the Chinese believed was theirs. The Russians are sitting on thousands and thousands of miles of, of Chinese territory that they took from the, the uh, one-sided Treaty of Peking in, in 1860 and 1864. So uh, he may be looking at the Russians as being so weak now that uh, he can get some of that land back for for China. So I, I don't think that partnership is as unlimited as they said it was back at the time of the
0: Olympics. And one, one last one just to, for the last minute, Robert O'Brien. Um, Biden has said numerous times that if China invaded Taiwan, the U.S. would defend Taiwan. Uh, Then what always happens is all these anonymous voices coming out of national security and elsewhere walk it back. They keep walking it back. Biden keeps saying it and they keep walking it back. What, What is this all about?
1: Well, uh, so, so Larry, you were you were you were much more senior than I was. I was just an intern in the Reagan administration. But you remember the, the old saying when we used to say, "Hey, let Reagan be yes, Reagan." Yes. Yes. Uh, who who are, whoever thought we'd be saying on, on the on the right, uh, let Biden be Biden? But uh, we, we, you know, look, it, it's it's embarrassing for the president. I mean, I think you know this, this is you know we, we don't see much of the old Scranton Joe, but uh, yeah. I think this is the old Scranton Joe where he understands that. Uh, that we can't allow Taiwan to fall for, for economic reasons and, and our semiconductor industry, but also for geopolitical reasons. And every time he says that, his staff runs out and, and walks it back. So maybe, maybe it's time for us all to start out early yeah. Yeah, you know, get a get a, a bumper sticker that says "Let Biden be Biden." Am, when it comes to this, if you on foreign foreign policy.
0: I mean, but it's it, embarrassing. for
1: it's embarrassing for the president to have this
0: happen. Exactly. I mean, of all the fruit salad statements that come out of Biden, this is the best thing he said in two years. Really, it's the only good thing he said and his, his people keep walking it back and you i mean his instincts are good on this for christ's sake no, it's no, the you, first you, thing i've heard good from him in two years
1: <laughs> no, you, you and i are in total agreement on that one and uh and and again it, it it this is the sort of thing that doesn't help us vis-a-vis our adversaries when he's trying to deter china and, and i think what happened is he saw that it didn't work remember in he talked about the, the Russians if they just made a minor incursion into Ukraine, that would be okay,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's the sort of <laughs> right, thing that encouraged right, Putin. Right. I think he's trying to fix he's trying to fix that now, and he's trying to deter China. And that's something we should you know we should certainly applaud. But his staff certainly doesn't like it. Uh, Can you imagine the Trump administration if, if you or I tried to do that? Not once, not twice, not three times, but four times, went out to the sticks to the press and said, "Hey, what the president said," and, you know. That's not our policy.
0: He would fire would us. He would fire that would us. Been, that
1: wouldn't have right? gone
0: over very well. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be gone before you walked back into the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> no. You'd be
1: walking out on West exact with your boxes in
0: your hands. And, uh, All yeah. right, Robert yeah. O'Brien, you are the best of the best. Um, we got to get you back Thank on you the here. TV show too. Anyway, it was great seeing you this week.
1: Looking forward to it. God bless you Take care. Thank God you.
0: God bless you.